Hey, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Listen, we're going to pick right up at part two. I don't even know what I'm going to call this series, so look, it's just going to be very unprofessional. I'm not worried about that. We'll figure that out later. But what we're talking about is how the body of Christ is relationally challenged. Listen, all of humanity is, right? I mean, let's just say that. We know that's true. But I just feel, as I shared in part one, the Lord has brought us along a journey that I would say from people I've met throughout my life, we have a very unique perspective from the fact that we have been outside of organized religion for 15 years, yet still pursuing the Lord and maturing and growing alongside other people in a different form and fashion outside of traditional church. And so I feel like, as I explained, and if you don't know, six, seven weeks ago, the Lord has led us to venture out of our home and go out and start attending services and, and in faith and in just, just hope for the intersection of things of the kingdom alongside other men and women, other families who are doing likewise, seeking the kingdom. And so we've been doing that with one fellowship for seven weeks or so. And as I said, in very, like, very, very small increments, the Lord led me to another gathering that meets another day to just knock on that door, if you will. Again, just being obedient. Like if God leads us to something, we have to go do it. Whether it makes sense or not is completely irrelevant. If we spend time communing with the Father and, and giving ourselves to what He's saying, when we hear what He says, friends, we, we respond in obedience, period. Instant obedience, whether or not it, it makes sense in my mind or not, is entirely irrelevant. I do not need in any way God's clarity on a matter to be obedient to a word he's spoken to me. If he says, go, I will be Philip. I will be Philip. When the Spirit of the Lord says, listen, go down this road towards this city and just start walking. Yes and amen. Lord, I go right now. Not, okay, well, if you tell me what, and you tell me how long, and if you tell me who I'm going to meet, and if you tell me what I'm going to do, if you tell me when I'm going to come back, you see, we do that so much in our Christian walk, well, we, have to under, we want to understand the mind of God. Well, you know what? Obedience wins. Obedience wins. Obedient sons hear and do. And so that's where we've been. I couldn't explain to you why, because I don't know why. All I know is I'm walking out the steps of my life. I have, de- I have planned my course, but my foot is in the air, and the Lord is determining my steps. My steps, one after another after another. Very hard, but very freeing. If, what? If I stay in the relational intimacy with the Father... And, and, and just simply being 
rightly positioned in humility to hear the voice of my shepherd, you know what? It's all good. It's all fine. Because if he leads me somewhere, it's for my good. If he leads me to the most ridiculous, in my mind, place, or by your mind, from your perspective, Joel, I don't know about that. I think, I don't know. Listen, if we ourselves individually hear the word of the Lord and obey, it will be fine. Do we receive counsel? Yep. Do we need correction because we can be wrong? We can be misappropriating what we're hearing or hearing something entirely errant? Yes, amen. That's why we need the counsel of the brotherhood. That's why you need somebody in your life from someone else's perspective saying, hey, brother, I'm not saying you didn't hear the Lord, but like I have some concerns. We have to all have that place. We have to have literal, natural mouths of men who are in the Spirit hearing what the Lord's saying to help us find the place where we put down our feet. The brotherhood reality. And so listen, that's really all I'm trying to do this morning as I talk about this issue within the body of Christ that I'm seeing firsthand right up in my nose. We're relationally challenged. Okay, so friends, again, as I said in part one, envision yourself in your gathering. Number one, why do you go? Why do we go? Why do we who say we're the church, the expression of God himself in humanity, why do we even gather? There's no time to get into all of that. I'm just saying like, just from a, from a, let's zoom way out and just peer down into like the, the, even the source of why we even go. What are we going to do? Well, part of what we're going to do is to have the eyes and the ears of the Spirit alert and aware to being an extension of God Himself to others. To literally be the mouthpiece of God, speaking the oracles of God to others. Sharing what? The, the living testimony. Encouragement, correction, admonition, love, building up, coming alongside. But the thing is, as I alluded to again in part one, is we in our present understanding of the week-to-week familial church, we are so consumed with maintaining the familial relationships that are already established in such a tight, confined time, there's no room for others. I'm I'm telling you, I'm seeing that firsthand. So much so that as, as recently as yesterday, attending this church that admittedly they're, it's new in the form of like being an actual church in the place that it's in. It's brand new. They're finding their way. I give them a lot of grace, a lot of patience. Amen for the endeavor they're doing. I believe God's hand is on it. Sure thing, no question. But we're relationally challenged. It's all about family. It's all about you. If you're a guest here, your family, on and on and on. Okay, well, 
then why am I sitting here by myself? And everyone who knows each other is talking to one another and not me. Now, I'm not boo-hooing now. This is not some pity party message. I'm saying I'm part of this body. I am part of the, the plurality of the people of God. This is my family in the spirit now. And so I'm pointing out error within myself, within the oneness, the one-man reality. This is part of me. And so I'm just saying, like, do we have our spiritual ears on? And a, and a real valid question is, can we? Can we, in the week-to-week relational overlap, even have the eyes to see and the ears to hear the extended family that God will bring into the sphere of our lives? Will we even see them? Because we have to take care of the family we already have because, look, we've only got three or four hours, maybe five or six. We have to have these familial interactions with the brothers I already know because, look, this is all we've got. And friends, this is my main concern, is right then and there. The body of Christ has got to figure out a way to gather. The body of Christ has got to be careful that they themselves who say, look, we're not traditional, we're not Sunday morning at 11, and like we don't love one another and we don't have relationships. Friends, I'm telling you, there's not much distinction from that that I've seen thus far. It's not much different now. If at 1 o'clock on Sunday you tell me, see you next Sunday, is it really different? Is it really different? Well, we've got jobs, we've got families, we've got responsibilities. Yes, we sure do. But listen, friends, we had better be alert in the hours and the days and the months and years to come if we are going to see people come into the kingdom like I believe God is desiring to see. We've got to make room. And friends, listen to what I'm saying. This is why the message of what I'm always saying matters. This is, the, this is why I say what I do, and this is why in our house we don't do television and sports and video games and all these other entertainment-driven things. Why? Because there's no time, friends. When you're spending three and four hours a day watching movies and football games, that's time you could be praying with a brother. That's time you could have a family at your dinner table talking about the things of the kingdom. There's no time. I'm telling you right now, my family is dying to be with the body of Christ. And friends, if you choose a football game over that, then we have real problems. Seriously. We have got to make room and make time for the familial kingdom of God amongst the people. We are relationally challenged, and Lord, help us. 
So I said at the end of part one, I would reveal something about myself, one of my problems, and here it is. I don't care to share that. I am full of issues. I look at people according to the flesh. I look at you and something in my mind that happens without any effort at all. It is an old man pattern that although dead is just, it's just like this, it's this automation system. It's, it's, it is literally something that is entirely subliminal that I'm, and I'm just laboring before the Lord. Show me what I've got to do to break this off. If it's just got to be instance by instance of taking all of my thoughts captive and thrusting them to the feet of Jesus, that is what I'm presently doing because I know that's a pattern of victory, but I'm just desiring to be free of that. I'm so distracted by others who, are, who, who again, I just feel like I just do it out of just some weird automated thing in my brain of branding people, I don't want to say godly or not godly, but let's just say really juvenile, right or wrong. I just, man, I just don't like that. Man, that, what are they doing? Why are they acting like that? Is that genuine? Is, is that this? Is that this? I'm, I'm in my heart in the pattern of the old man. I'm judging. And I hate that. I want so free of that because I know that's my version of hindering the corporate body. That's my version, although it doesn't look the same as me and my family sitting in a chair alone by ourselves with no one taking time to come and talk to us for more than two minutes and ask us what we thought of the service. That's an inner hidden thing in me that you may not know, but brothers, I'm telling you it's in there. And I need that extracted from me. Why? Because it hinders the growth of the familial body of Christ. And yesterday to close out the service, this brother got up and he said something that just, it just penetrated to the deepest part of me. I told him afterwards, like, that hit me right in the guts. Another brother had been, and had been teaching about Lazarus and and culminated in the grave clothes being removed, and how Yeshua told the people who had wrapped up Lazarus, after Yeshua raised him from the dead, he said, you know what, y'all take his clothes off. Y'all take them off. And this brother shared something so profound that just rocked me to my core. And the second he said it, I just began to tear up and feel the conviction of the Lord. He said, Yeshua said, you take them off. Why? Because they are the ones who put him on. They put him in the grave. That's why Yeshua was so distraught, the scripture says, and his spirit troubled. Because you people are just so unbelieving. So, uh, you are so unexpected of anything good. Your perspective stinks. And I'm grieved. And in many ways of my life, that is still yet true. 
And God is undoing that in me, synonymous with me looking from my vantage point and seeing the relational issues within the body. Okay, so listen to what I'm saying. There's a lot going on. I am not just looking at the body and saying, okay, God, show me what's wrong with your body. That's why I'm here. I will identify the problems with these people. The Holy Spirit is, is, is dealing with things deep, deep, deep within me, synonymous with these other things that I'm seeing are off within the gatherings of God's people. It is internal and it is external. There is no either or. It's always both ongoing. I believe if we're walking in maturity, not shrinking back in timidity, yet fueled by humility before the Lord to say, you know what? Work on me, God. Work on me. We have got to own up to the fact, friends, that all of us have something in us that is hindering the expansion of the kingdom in men. We listen to this. Now listen. I know we know this, but listen to what I'm saying. Eternal Yahweh God has entrusted the advancement of his kingdom to you and to me. Do we realize that? So much of the church that I've known most of my life has just the move me out of the way mentality. It's all God. Oh, I'm going to lift my hands even. It's all you, God. Move me out of the way. Do what you want to do. Only you. You know what? God uses men. He advances his kingdom. He multiplies himself. He reveals himself. He, he teaches and instructs and corrects and encourages his people through his people. How did, the, how did people come into the new church in, in, the, in the Acts accounts? Because of the word of the testimony of the church. Nothing has changed. The kingdom absolutely is dependent upon us. Again, man, I hate harping on this, but the, the church has got to hear this. Turn off your television. Stop worrying about NFL scores. Who cares? Our festivals, our events, our celebrations, our overindulgence at, at the Golden Corral... We're ruled by the appetites of our flesh, and it is not okay for us. We are to be spiritual men, eating spiritual food and serving spiritual food to the body. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It is why we are to exist. So friends, listen. Make room for the family of God. Make room for her. Because as I said in part one, look, this is excruciatingly hard for, for me and my family, and I am insanely over the top pressing. I, I checked myself yesterday. I spent a time of prayer examining myself. Lord, am I forcing your hand? 
Am I forcing your hand? In my zeal, in my faith, in my expectancy, Lord, revealing me, am I forcing your hand? But here's where I keep coming back to. In this relationally challenged condition that the church is, listen, if we don't make it crystal clear that we want more than a handshake and a hug, you're only getting a handshake and a a hug, my friend. We've got to acknowledge that's true. How in the world are we ever going to be relationally interwoven with other believers unless we make it crystal clear, look, brother, I'm not here for a service. I'm not here to stand beside you and look at your back for two hours and then go home to watch football and eat until I'm ready to throw up. That's not my life, brother. Please tell me you're here for more than that. Are you here for more than that? Let's be more than that. I use a personal example from yesterday, just to make this point clear. This this service wrapped up, we're just standing there, and it happens again. Everyone who knows one another, magnet. Three people here, four people there, two people here, laughing, giggling. Family, yes, amen, family, praise the Lord, family. But here's me, here's my wife, here's my son. Standing there, hungry. I mean hungry for the kingdom with other people. Standing there. It's so hard, friends. It's so hard. It's so hard. But I'm like, we're staying. We're staying. I'm going to wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. Lord, who? Who? I'm looking for intersection. I believe these people know you. There's some reason your spirit has led me here to this day, to this moment, to this service. I'm staying. I'm waiting. I'm not jetting out of here. What am I going to go do? This is why I exist. So we wait, and we wait, and we wait, and we wait. Hey, did you like the service? Hey, what'd you think of the worship? Listen, I'm just being honest. I'm not there for that. I'm there for the kingdom. I'm there for the plurality of the body. So I went up to this this one sister and I just, she had engaged us a, a little bit at the beginning of the service. And I saw her the week before and I just thought, this no big, big thing like, oh, well, the Lord spoke to me and I, no, I just like, again, I'm assertive in this season. So I said, look, paraphrased, you don't know me. I don't know you. I know you're busy. I know you have a family. I know you have things to do and this and this and this and this. In summary, look, we just want to know God's people. We want to hear the testimonies of what God's doing in your life. And I don't even know you, but like, Do you want to talk about the kingdom? Do you want to talk about a living testimony life with me and my family? I'd like to know you. I'd like to hear what God is speaking to you. And I was just so, probably just ridiculous, I had to stop myself and apologize to her. I'm sorry, I'm probably scaring you off. I'm probably going to run you away, and I'm so sorry. But I just want to know the people of God. 
And I did get to talk to her husband for a while. But why? Because I pressed and I pressed and I pressed. And I'm telling you, the, work, the, the finished work people can be all over this message and say, Brother, this is why you cannot force the hand of God. If God wants it, it will come, friend. Well, listen, you know what? I did that. I did that for 10 years. And you know what came? Nothing new came to me. Nothing just crawled up into my lap and sat down because I was just sitting in the finished work. Nothing changed. So out of the overflow of the last year of my life, crying out in desperation to, to, to give myself to the expanded people of God on the earth, God has said, Joel, go out. You go out. Son, go find my people. And you build them up, and you encourage them, and you admonish them according to my ways. Call them up. Call them out. Be Hezekiah. Say, you know what? It's time to come in. It's time to come in. It's time to repair the temple. The house of God is broken down. She's in shambles and she's, she's just nothing of what she should now be. It's time for us to shake off our tendency to be relationally deficient. Oh, we got it worked out with our close ones now. We've got it worked out. And amen for those relationships, but friends, are we positioned for the kingdom to expand? Are we postured to receive others who are wanting to come in and those who don't even know yet that they are to come in? Are we bringing them in? Are we extending the awesome eternal invitation to come in to the eternal people of God? To the greatest measure that we are physically capable of. It's time to do it. It's time to do it. I, I, am, I am so sure it is time to do that. So friends, my challenge to you is what is what I challenge myself with, which is whatever I do today, oh God, help me to walk with my spiritual eyes and ears alert and ready for whatever your spirit says to do and to say and to who to go to, who to give myself to. You know what? My plans today are secondary to the purposes of God. They are secondary. I have things I have got to do today. I have things I must do as a responsible grown adult, husband and a father, and a business owner. I have to do things today. But Lord, I, I will get those things done. But Lord, your kingdom and your people and people who are about to become a part of your people are more important than my ways. More important than my agenda and my schedule. So friends, please just hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying, please. And ask yourself, man, am I positioned 
to welcome in a greater representation of the kingdom? Now, I'm not, again, I believe the hearts are right in many people that I have, I have crossed paths with in the last couple months. I'm, I'm convinced their heart is right. And friends, can we not say that's the most important thing? I believe the hearts and the intent is, is right. They're set. We want the kingdom. We want the kingdom. We want family. We want this. We want this. I believe that that's true. I believe the heart and the intent is pure. It's, it's the outplay of that, friends, that's the problem. We have got to be learned ones who are practicing, practicing how that actually happens when we're in any circumstance where that's possible. Because, friends, if we're not careful, our heart and our intent will be missed because we're so distracted by doing just what we always do. Sitting where we always sit. Talking with who we always talk to. Giving ourselves to circumstances and things we always have given ourselves to. There is an exchange to be made. Our will for the will of the Father. And friends, we have to all reckon with. Those are often quite different. We just need to recognize that. So friends, would you please at least just listen to what I'm saying as potentially true for us now, not for you, not for them, for us. Most of my life, I have been guilty of self, self, self. But there's something for the body to attain to purposely give herself towards the inclusion of the people of God that are wanting to come into a greater expression of who she is. Together, in a true family, may that come in our lives. May we be convicted. May the Lord continue to convict me. If you pray, I mean like for real, if you pray to Yahweh God through the Son, the Mediator, Messiah, Yeshua, pray for me. I need help in that area. I need delivered of my, of my, of my subliminal thinking towards looking at men according to the flesh. I need help with that. That, as I said, and I will clearly state one last time, I myself prohibit the inclusion of the kingdom of, of people being God's body. I prohibit that too in that area. Friends, we've got to willingly present ourselves and say, God, clean us up. Clean us up. Prepare us. Holy Spirit, teach us. You teach us all things. Well, here's something. Teach me how to be relationally ready to receive your people. Because friends, the kingdom's coming through us. It's coming through us. It's got to come through us. It's God's way. It's his pattern. May his will be done in his body. It's the only way it's going to happen. But all we have to do is be obedient sons. If we hear, 
the voice of the Father, we can see the government of God in a people. Amen.